We'll begin with a scripture from uh, the book of Isaiah. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His authority shall grow continually, and there shall be endless peace for the throne of David and his kingdom. He will establish and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time onward and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. These are the days when we celebrate that God was born for us, a child born for us, a son given to us. Born for, given to, there's a purpose to this birth, and we are the beneficiaries of it. This child was born for us, and in Jesus we see the exact imprint of the Father. So we have no problem seeing Jesus as the wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. These are characteristics of God, and we see God most clearly in Jesus, but let's be clear. These were God's traits before there was a child born among us. It is God's nature to be wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. By Isaiah's time, people were starting to get that, starting to understand that God has always wanted restoration for his people. One of my favorite words from divinity school is Heilsgeschichte. It's just fun to say that, especially in church. Heilsgeschichte. We translate that salvation history as in God has been at work ever since the first sin seeking to save us. God told Adam and Eve that they may not eat of a certain tree in the garden. And the punishment, if they did, would be that they'd die that day. When, inevitably, they ate of that tree, their punishment was that they were banished. But they did not die. God already at work seeking to reclaim his people. Hiles Geschichte. Of course, we have no clearer expression of God's saving work than Jesus Christ. He was given the Father's authority. He demonstrated God's justice and righteousness while offering to us God's mercy. He was willing to leave his heavenly home to enter into the dust of a manger, the dust of our pathways, the dust of our death, so that we might have new life in him. Whether we bring incense, gold, and myrrh, or simply our hearts, This child came to to be born for us, that he might be born in us, and thereby be born through us. Hiles Geschichte. We translate it salvation history. What it really means is that we have a relentless God who is willing to do anything to bring his children home, even send his son among us. If you're wondering what child this is, 
that too. This child is our Savior. We have needed this word from John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through Him, and without Him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in Him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In the beginning... John writes, that's how his gospel starts. You've heard that phrase before in the beginning. While Luke and Matthew give us the human interest story of Jesus' birth, John speaks in cosmic terms. This birth is about grace and truth moving in among us, grace and truth living with us. But as we've already established, it is not the birth of grace and truth. Grace and truth have existed since the beginning because God has existed since the beginning. In the beginning was the Word. And as we learned in Genesis, so we learn here, the Word can speak new life. Let there be light, and there was. Let there be sky and earth, and there were. Let there be land and sea and animals and people, and there were. The Word spoke creation into existence. And if the Word can speak creation into existence, then the Word can certainly speak newness of life into our lives. There was a misunderstanding in those days. We sometimes get confused too. The idea was that you pretty much had to be born into this religion thing. You needed lineage, you needed pedigree. Or maybe you had that, but you also had a lot of dirt on you, shame that carried, you carried around. And it looked like a lot of work to get you cleaned up. Either way, there was a question as to whether you were worth it. And while the leaders are questioning your worth, and you're beginning to doubt it yourself, along comes the word that speaks newness into creation, the one who empowers us to become children of God, children who are born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. He spoke new life into existence when others sought to prevent it. Jesus' life among us was about giving new life to us. His birth was really an opportunity for our new birth, 
That's what happens when the Word becomes flesh and lives among us. We see God's glory. The glory of the One who made all and who continues to make all things new. We see the glory of the Father's Son full of grace and truth. Our world is recreated, reconstituted. We can see hope where before we saw despair. We can experience life where before we knew death. We can sing joy into the world instead of letting the world speak fear into us. The light shines in the darkest of the places. The dark does not overcome it. I sleep in the back corner of our house. It's the darkest place I can find. And yet somehow the light in our daughter's closet goes around her door and through our door and lands right in my eyes. So I have to get up and go into her room and turn off that closet light. I can't sleep when it's on. It's like the darker the house, the brighter that light begins to be. You see that with night lights. In the daytime, you have to walk right up to it to tell whether or not the light is on. But at night, there is no doubt. You can always tell. The darker it is, the brighter the light. Our calling is to reflect the bright light into the dark places. To say with our lives, the light has been born in me and I want to share it with you. Because this word has spoken new creation into my life, I want to speak new hope into yours. We are to be mirrors who reflect the light of God, a speaker broadcasting his life-giving word. We're to participate in nightlight activities. They're hardly noticeable acts, except to those who are in darkness. And then the acts reflect brightly the light that is broken into the world. The word that is recreating it. There's too much darkness in this world. But not so much that the darkness wins. Even the smallest acts that reflect the light of Christ point to his powerful light that will never be overcome. And every word spoken and every word sung about the word that became flesh speaks grace and truth where before there were lies or silence. And so we sing out with our lives. Joy to the world, everything has been remade. Joy to the world, the word is bringing life and light to all people. Joy to the world, because the Lord has 